lesson for this fourth Sunday um, after or in Advent is found recorded in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 7, beginning at the 8th verse. We hear, by the way, the promise that God made to David concerning the coming Messiah. You are also to say the following to my servant David. He's speaking to Nathan the prophet. This is what the Lord of armies says. I took you from the pasture, from following sheep, to be ruler over my people, over Israel. I have been with you wherever you went. I have cut off all your enemies from before you. I will take your rep make your reputation great, like that of the great ones on the earth. I will set up a place for my people Israel, and I will plant them there. They will dwell there, and they will not be disturbed again. Violent men will not afflict them again as they did at the beginning. And ever since the day I appointed judges over my people Israel, I will give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord also declares to you that the days that the Lord himself will make a house for you, when your days are complete and you rest with your fathers, I will raise up after you your seed, who will come from your own body. I will establish his kingdom. He will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. When he sins, I will discipline him with the rod used by men and with blows of the sons of men. My faithful mercy will not depart from him as I removed it from Saul, whom I removed to make room for you. Your house will stand firm and your kingdom will endure forever before you. Your throne will be established forever. This is the word of the Lord. Our second lesson is found recorded in St. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 16, beginning at the 25th verse. These are the closing words of his letter to the Romans. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, according to my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was veiled in silence for long ages past, but now has been revealed through the prophetic scriptures and made known to all the Gentiles in keeping with the command of the eternal God, resulting in the obedience of faith to God, who alone is wise, be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. We read from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, beginning at the 26th verse. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin pledged in marriage to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But she was greatly troubled by the statement and was wondering what kind of greeting this could be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, because you have found favor with God. 
Listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to give him, give, and you are to name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will never end. Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Listen, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, even though she was called barren, and this is her sixth month, for nothing will be impossible for God. Then Mary said, See, I am the Lord's servant. May it happen to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. This is the gospel. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is the gospel reading from Luke chapter 1, beginning at the 26th verse. I open with these words from the angel. Do not be afraid, Mary, because you have found favor with God. Listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will never end. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, because I am a man, I have to honestly say, that I have never fully understood a woman. And I don't say this to be sarcastic or sassy, if that's what you're thinking. But the honest truth is, a man will never understand a woman because he's not a woman. The opposite is also true too. A woman will never fully understand a man because she is not a man. Like, for instance, I can't even begin to fathom what it is like to be a, a mother. To conceive and, and, and to give birth to a child, but even that in-between, with that child growing in that womb and, and kicking and, and moving. Oh yes, I could see my wife's belly, oh, when it would move, and you could tell that the child was, was quite alert. But I could not feel what she felt. I could see it, but I could never fully understand it. When it comes to being a man, and in fact, when it comes to being a woman, there is no one on this entire world, before or after, who can even begin to fully understand and appreciate what it was like for Mary to be the mother of our Lord. It has been six months Six months since the angel Gabriel announced to Zechariah that he and his wife would have a son. She was barren and was well along in her years and, and was really past the age of childbearing. And yet, by a miracle of God, she would conceive and give birth to a son. And that son would be John the Baptist. That son would be the forerunner of Christ. 
he would herald uh, the, the coming of the Lord before all who would listen to him. And this was also prophesied by God. Now, six months after that pregnancy, the angel Gabriel now shows up to come and see Mary. He doesn't go to the holy city. He goes to the small town of Nazareth. He doesn't go to the temple. He now goes to a home. He doesn't go to one who has a title, priest. He goes to one who has no title, but simply called here a virgin. And he announces to her, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. She was wondering what kind of greeting this would be. When you have an angel of the Lord appear to you, that doesn't happen every day. And so, is this going to be a greeting of good news, or is this going to be a greeting of a curse? But the angel tells her not to fear, for he does come to bring her good news. And the good news is simply this. Because you have found favor with God, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus. Why did she find favor with God? Was it anything she had done? Anything she earned or deserved? We have no information about her. In fact, except what's pretty much recorded here, and later when it comes to that miracle at Canaan, we know extremely little about Mary. Was she a good-looking lady or not? Was she young or old? We're not told. Was she pretty good in school and, and had very good grades? Did she mind her parents and, and did her chores? What kind of young lady is this? Did she date other guys before she dated Joseph and became engaged to him? What kind of woman was she? And yet she found favor with the Lord. Wouldn't the temptation be that if she found favor with the Lord by what she did, well, tell me what she did so I can do it and get God's favor as well. But God in his infinite wisdom doesn't reveal that to us because the favor that she got from the Lord was not by her doing, but purely by the grace of God, that undeserved love of God. And that beautiful grace and mercy of God came and chose Mary. Mary was a sinful human being. She will even later on in the song of Mary speak of God as God my Savior. And being a sinful human being, she needed a Savior. And she would carry in her womb the Savior of the world who would be her Savior as well. How can we even begin to fathom that? But what a blessing it is to be the mother of our Lord purely because of the favor of God which comes purely by the grace of God. We too are sinful human beings who deserve nothing from the Lord. We dare not boast and brag, oh thank God I'm not like others. No, we are sinful human beings 
who certainly do deserve God's wrath and condemnation. We've even inherited that sinful nature. And yet, in spite of that, the God of glory, by his grace, would give us his favor. We didn't choose God. God chose us. We didn't come to God. God came to us. And our very God left the glories of heaven and came down to earth taking on human flesh in order to be the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the world. And this is all by God's grace. This is why we celebrate Christmas giving glory to God and giving him all the praise. But in a nutshell, we're doing it because of that love that he has for us. That undeserved love called grace. But it is not only grace seen in the Lord revealing his favor upon Mary, but his grace is also seen in the fact that he answers and keeps his promises. The angel will go on to say how she will conceive and give birth to a child. Mary is going to, be, oh, before she says, how can this be? He reveals to her the fact that this son that is to be born will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will never end. Right away, he, he is revealing that this child is fulfilling the promise that God made to King David, which we read from the lectern, that he's going to establish, after David is long dead, a house that will be forever, a kingdom that will never end. It will, become, it will come from David's greater son, the very Savior and Messiah himself. Jesus is fulfilling that promise to establish a kingdom where he will rule with justice and righteousness, where he will keep the law perfectly for all people and sacrifice himself, suffering the punishments for the sins of the world. He will establish a kingdom that will be a kingdom that will never end, so it is a kingdom of life. And because he is our Savior, only through faith in him do we have eternal life. He's the only one that can give such a gift and does. And God keeping that promise and announcing it to Mary and to all of us, that's another act of God's grace. But it doesn't stop there. When Mary asked, how will this be since I am a virgin? She wasn't asking for a sign like Zechariah did and he got in trouble with the angel Gabriel. But she's asking for an explanation. Her body's going to change. She will be getting bigger. So how will this be since I am a virgin? And instead of getting into all the, the technical, biological stuff, instead, he simply says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One, yes, he will be a holy one, not a sinful one, but a holy one will be called the Son of God. The Son of God taking on human flesh and becoming fully human and yet without sin. That is what's going to happen. 
as soon as the angel pointed that out, God was keeping his promise. By the way, Mary didn't ask for a sign, but the angel gave her one anyway. He said, look at Elizabeth in her old age. She's having a birth, which is a miracle. And in the light of all of that, that miracle birth means God is doing the impossible, which means you're, the miracle birth you're going to have or your son's going to have will be an act of God doing the impossible. What it, that is truly amazing to me. Truly amazing that our Lord would, would say such a thing and, and, and assure her not to worry about the details, but simply take God at his word and trust in God's grace. By the way, these words are all fulfilled. Oh, and especially in the words of, of the prophet Isaiah, who, who would state this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and call him Emmanuel. This was foretold 700 years before the birth of Christ and now fulfilled. Now fulfilled in Mary. God keeps his promises and we know this purely by his grace. God keeps his promises is a great comfort to each and every one of us when we know that by his grace what God says he will do. So when God says to us I'm watching over you, he will keep that. When God says, I love you, he will keep that. When God says, I will take care of you, he will keep that. When God says, I will never tempt you beyond what you can bear, he will keep that. When God says, I've given my life for you and saved you, you have the forgiveness of sins and the hope of everlasting life, he has kept that. When he promises uh, that because I live, you too shall live. He has kept that. And when he says he will return on the last day and take us and all believers to the glories of heaven, he will keep that. And we know it because of his grace. What a great comfort. No matter how frustrating things may get or even discouraging, we can cling to the grace of God that undeserved love for us, that also showed itself in what Mary said at the very end. To me, these are some of the most beautiful words in all of scriptures when the mother of our Lord replied to the angel, I am the Lord's servant. May it happen to me as you have said. Taking God at his word, she accepted God's holy will. And where is the grace of God in this? In, in Mary just saying these words. Clearly it's the Holy Spirit working in her heart. Oh, to testifying of Christ in her heart. Strengthening her faith to confess of, I am the Lord's servant. I belong to the Lord. I'm here to serve my Lord. And therefore to God be all the glory. What a beautiful thing to say. And it is by God's grace that God works in all of your hearts as well. 
the Holy Spirit testifying of Christ in your hearts too to say no to sin and yes to his holy will and to know above all that the Christmas story is not a fantasy or a fable or a myth. It is a true story. It really did happen. And because it really did happen, that the Savior was laid in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes, and exchanged that manger for the cross. And it is an empty cross because he conquered and paid for our sins and conquered death itself and rose and lives. We worship that living Savior and proclaim his holy name to the ends of the earth. And we do so knowing that Jesus is real. Our Savior is real. And the hope we have is real. Because of the grace of God. So you can honestly say, when it comes to Christmas, it is truly a Merry Christmas. And no one can take that away from me and take it away from you because of the grace of God. Amen. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.